Well, Cleveland fans, the end has come. A magical season has come to an end after the guards drop uh, ALDS Game 5 to the Yankees 5-1. to one. Uh, We wanted to bring this to you guys a little sooner. It's kind of our end-of-season recap and uh, a very lengthy mailbag. However, me being on the road plus some things I had to take care of have delayed getting this to you guys. However, that's okay. I think being a little bit removed from the end of the season allowed us to kind of sit back uh, calm down and look at things. We got a really good episode for you guys. We're going to look at the playoffs kind of as a whole because there was a lot to get into. Um, and we operate under time constraints because Chuck and I both have uh, other things we do. <laughs> so, and it was late. Uh, we didn't start recording until almost, I think, 1040. So, yeah, but you guys should definitely listen to this. There's some really good stuff in here. You guys asked us a ton of really good questions. And one of the things you'll hear me talk about in this episode is. How awesome is it that we get to sit here as Cleveland fans and we don't have to wonder if our star third baseman is going to get extended. We don't have to wonder what the future of this team looks like. Well, we do kind of, but in terms of like the overarching, you know, the core is young and very good. We don't have to wonder about that. We don't have to wonder, you know, who's the next star player. We had so many come out this year. We'll talk about all of it. We'll get into it. You guys asked us a ton of questions about prospects and trades that we talk about with who should the Guardians try to trade for? Uh, there were questions about Bieber. And like I said, we'll talk about the wildcard series with the Rays and the ALDS. Let's go. You're listening to At the Corner, a Cleveland Guardians podcast by Zach Caldwell and Chuck B. Fastball hit in the air. A swing and a drive! Pull way back! Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this podcast, it means, unfortunately, that the end has come. The end of an improbable, magical season. I, I, I don't even have words to describe, in my mind, just how absolutely magical this season was. And I know a lot of you feel it, and I know Chuck is going to tell you he feels it here in just a second. I have had a hole in my heart uh, since the Guardians season ended. And uh, Chuck, I'm sure you're feeling the same way, man. It kind of stinks that the season came to an end, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like it's like it happened like so fast. You know, even like it just oh, yeah. it's like one one day they're here every day and the next day it's just gone. And it's like they don't exist anymore. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like. No, I'm like I'm laying in bed the other night and like my wife is like, I couldn't sleep. And my wife is like, what's wrong? I'm just like. I miss the Guardians. Like I, like, I need them in my life. It's just like, and it's like you're so used to every day looking forward to it, every game, every, like, you, you know, and then one day they're just gone. Uh, I'm just, and now we're kind of just in this holding pattern until the World Series is over to get some form of offseason get, get going. Yep. And it was a fun year, but I was, no matter how you slice it, it's just, you always want to win the last game of the playoffs. So, there's always going to be a better way to end the, in the playoffs, even though it was an incredible season in so many ways. But yeah, I'm in, I'm hurting right now. This is very therapeutic for me. I I'm with you. I I'm glad that we got around to doing this. You know, life gets in the way sometimes, but we're here. We've made it to the off season. But uh, Chuck, I think you have a pretty big announcement for next week's episode, don't you? Why don't you uh, fill us in on what you've been cooking up? We have a very special guest. He is... I don't want to give away his name. I'm just going to say 
that he is a part of the Cleveland Guardians organization. He is in the top 100 prospects. And he is a, he is a top 100 prospect. Yep. I will say that. Yep. And that is really exciting. I can't wait. It is next Sunday at 9 o'clock, and then I believe the podcast will probably drop on Monday. Yep, Monday morning. Uh, so it's very exciting. Um, it's going to be one of the big-time interviews. You and I got to get our research hat caps on. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really, really cool, really, really cool opportunity. So, yeah, it's I, I, I've been looking forward to this all, all week. And I'm, I can't wait. Absolutely, maybe. Uh, I think I think we I think we played it right by not giving away. Agreed. Name. Keep the suspense up. Uh, we'll see if people can figure it out. So we got. Should we say his position or no? No, it'll be it'd be too okay. easy. It'll narrow it down okay. too much. But yeah, we do have a big name interview coming for you guys next week. We'll keep we'll keep the name dropping to a minimum for now. Um, so Chuck, if you're ready, let's let's wrap the season, man. Um, yeah, let's do so it. we did not do a wild card recap, uh, mostly because I was traveling home and I went to, I went to the second wild card game and bro, oh, yeah, that that's right. was one of the longest days I have ever experienced in my life. My dad and I left our house. We were on the road at 6 a.m. to pick up my brother. We got to the stadium about 1030 traffic in downtown was absolutely slammed. Fortunately, I had thought ahead and we parked in the parking garage, the gateway parking garage. Got there, got to our seats. We were up in the upper deck down the right field foul pole. Uh, and that game was absolutely nuts, man. That game went 15 innings and it was not boring. There was great pitching. There was fantastic defense by right. both teams. And uh, it feels like it's it feels like it's so long I ago because we know but we never really sat down and spoke about I it. I know. I remember we texted during the game here and there, but let's, bro, we did not get so home from that gonna, game until know, ten p.m. This is, is going to be the one po- the one podcast we do where we don't go like game by game. We just like evaluate it as a whole in terms of like the playoffs. Sticks was money. That game but, was so long you almost forgot that Tristan McKenzie was dominant for six innings. Yeah, that was the one game where it's like zero zero, like where it's like where it's like zero zero and you're like not even a like it's not boring at all nope. i was like on the edge of my seat the whole time lord captivated entertained uh, we do I'm, have to do wife. an honorable mention in this game sam henches sam absolutely Holy. sam henches player of the game player of the game absolutely me. you could argue yeah. you could argue wildcard mvp for his performance with the way that he kept the guardians in the game. So that's what I was going to say. He had, he, there was a, he had an inning where it was first and third one out and he got the strikeout and, and got, a, yeah, got, yeah, he, he really has become one of the more dominant left-handed relievers in, in, in the American league. Yep. And, and it's such a short year. And, and, uh, I think he's finally found a place for him. Uh, I do not want him stretched out in the rotation. I think he, he found a very, a perfect home for him in the pen. Yep. You need that lefty the left specialist side. too. You gotta have it. But yeah, it was such a good game. Tristan McKenzie was pitching with so much confidence. It was so cool to watch. And then, uh, then just just contributions from everybody. Uh, Eli Morgan pitched yep. great. Uh, great defense a, from Hosey at third. There was a line. I think there, I think uh, they had somebody at second. There was a liner to center off Mount center field. I thought it was going to drop, but Miner Smile Shaw really got a jump. I was on off it. the bat of Francisco Mejia. 
Yeah. Yep. And from the camera angle, it looked like it was going to fall. It looked like it was in the gap. Yeah, Miles, Miles actually got to it so fast he had to slow down. Yeah. So just inc- incredible pitching. And then let's talk about the moment. Um, Oscar, man. Corey Kluber, of all people, happens to be on the mound. That's incredible if you think about it. Um, Corey Kluber brought us so many members, so much memories, was on the 2016 team, won the Cy Young two years in a row, and here he is pitching in, a, in the fourth, what was it, the 14th inning, Zach? Thir- he pitched inning? the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. He was in his so third inning in of the, work. Here he is in the 15th inning of a wild card series for Tampa, for, for Tampa Bay, and he's pitching in, in progressive field, and Oscar Gonzalez just caught him on the first, I think it was the first pitch of the inning. Caught him and ESPN had it as a one zero count. I thought, wow! I think really? it was. I, I think it was the leadoff, the first pitch of the inning. That's what I thought. He Corey Kluber, he grooved a cutter, and it did not bite uh, down enough. And Oscar got the fat part of the bat on it, and it was a no doubter. Uh, we we had actually made oh, a decision no when that was going on. We were walking out of the ballpark watching the game. Uh, as that happened, because what? What does that mean? Well, we made the decision because you have to say what you want. You guys can give me shit for it. We had three hours to drive home, and by that point, we had decided that we would start working our way to head out in the bottom of the wow. bottom of the fifteenth. And uh, Oscar sent us home. And the, the what, crowd, what was it like, the like cr- what, dude? What was the? Cr- did your ears did your ears pop? The roar of the oh my god. I can't even describe it. Like I know y'all have seen the video that Pete Merrick shared on Twitter of his apartment from downtown looking into the stadium. Deafening. It was deafening. The crowd knew it. <laughs> Oscar knew it. Y'all have seen the picture of him with the stone cold killer face flipping the bat. Uh what a moment for the kid, dude. Minor yeah. league free agent. Team left him Minor exposed to a Rule 5 draft that never happened. Signed with Cleveland. Could have signed with anybody. Could have signed with anybody. Chose to come back for Cleveland. Cut his strikeout rate. And we have, I can't even explain. I remember, tw- I, remember, I remember tweeting about him like literally at the end of last season. I feel like all he does is hit. Yep. But we just like get obsessed with the strikeout rate and, and the and the defense and the, and the walk rate, so like nobody ever gave him a chance. He was Zach. He was never like a top thirty prospect. Nope. I don't think once on MLB.com. Never. I think it base. I think Baseball America may have had him literally at number thirty. But it's just amazing, and and he he has a really big future on this team. Yep. Right-handed bat, right field. He found a home in right field. Well, actually, Oscar Gonzalez panning out uh, actually gives further problems to be. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. For, Let's, but, for what but looks like congratulations. Next year. Yeah, dude. I felt I felt a little sad for Corey Kluber, him walking off the mound like that. A little an unceremonious return, yeah. It was just weird. It was like cringy just seeing him pitching for Tampa Bay in a playoff game versus Cleveland. But what a game. That may have been one of my favorite playoff games because I love good pitching. I love good defense. Yep. That, and that was just – you rarely see a game where you're like – I like every – because extra – and you're, I was on edge almost every the single time. Yep. Yeah. Both teams had plenty of chances to score, and 
great pitching and good defense prevailed, and that is the nature of the playoffs, man. You are going to see a team's absolute best. Uh, so, obviously, guards win the wild card in two games uh, and move on to what ended up being a very intense uh, ALCS. And you know what? I've, I've sat on it. I was upset. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're recording this a little bit separated from the end of the season. Um can we complain about the fact that game five got postponed, which allowed the Yankees to pitch Nestor Cortez? Yes. However, the Yankees paid their penance for that because Nestor Cortez game five of the ALCS is or game four of the ALCS. Yeah. Is currently going on tonight. Nestor Cortez did not make it out of the third inning. He is tired. Uh, his fastball velocity dropped three to four miles an hour in the third inning. Uh, and there's a good chance that he is probably severely injured. Um, I don't, I, I'm not cheering for that. I don't like guys so, getting injured. You guys know that sportsmanship is one of my big things. That absolutely sucks. But that's what happens when you overuse a pitcher. All of y'all that were on Tito on Twitter need to take a hot second and sit down because this is what happens to guys that get abused in the playoffs. They so, get hurt. Yeah. I don't know if I, I'm, look, we will never, uh, could they have gotten the game in? I don't. I mean, Could've they waited three should've. hours. The game wouldn't they... have ended until almost two thirty in the morning. So, like, what, like, what do you want them to do? Is it is it unfortunate that it happened to be that Cortez yes pitches instead of James Italian? Of course, it, it completely works against us. But there's nothing you could do. They tried that. They waited it out. <laughs> it's it, it was it, talk about unfortunate. Yeah, you go from facing James Italian, right-handed pitcher. You know, sh- shaky doesn't has you know he hasn't had a good second half of the season. Then you go to a left-handed all-star, Nestor Cortez. That you know, and we're going to talk about Bieber as we get a little more into this. But um, yeah, it's just like a really, really, really unfortunate turn of events. So let's talk about let's talk about it a little bit. How do you want to start off? Let's talk about the series. Um, you want to talk about? We'll just, let's talk about it as a whole. So yeah, I thought. I mean, first off, I don't understand. Baseball's a weird sport, man. The Yank, the Yankees for five games batted horribly as a team. Uh, they batted under two hundred, but the say what you want, man. Long ball. home runs get it done in the postseason. And if you do not believe me, you did not watch the same series that I did, and you sure as hell did not watch Bryce Harper send the Phillies to the World Series with a two-run home run to take the lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. That was so That was cool. insane, dude. It, it's a reality, guys. And Justin Lotta talked about it. It is really, really hard to string together hits to play baseball the way the Guardians do in the postseason because you are seeing a team's number one, two, and three starters a lot. You're seeing their number one and two relievers a lot. And then most teams usually have two guys in the back end of their bullpen that are just really freaking good. And that's what we saw. Yeah. It was a great series by both teams. Nobody deserves to hang their head. The Guardians did play their brand of baseball. They out hit the Yanks all series. They did not get out hit in a single game. I thought we out. We may. You can make the argument the Guardians outplayed the Yankees in that well, series. Aaron Boone got out. Man, Tito outmanaged Aaron Boone 110%. And he so, sent the Yankees into the ALCS hurting. Yeah, and that game two was phenomenal on the road. Yep. Um, 
Jose getting basically like a a blue double double turns it into a triple. Gonzalez got the got the got the boop home, and then then Naylor got the got the got the double in the deep center. And then game three was just magical. Yep, it was it was just magical. There's and who who other than of course <laughs> Oscar this, Gonzalez. Yeah, so so I'm gonna give you my my experience because I I like to give you my experience. So basically, we're down. Uh, it's so long ago. It's it's we're we're, we're in the ninth inning, right? Yep. We're down two runs. It's five Quant, to three. Quant, so Straw, there's one out. Maley gets out. Straw Straw gets a, Straw gets a liner to 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 liner to the left, I believe, and he gets on he gets on base, and then I think Quan gets a walk, and then we're in business, right? Yeah. So it's one out. It's a Med Rosario, and he gets he gets an RBI base hit. So, and here we go. So it's first and second. So we're down one. So I'm I'm on the edge of my bed. I'm 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 like shaking. I'm pro- so so I'm going. I'm I'm now. Jose gets a weird, like, weird hit that just like it didn't leave the infield. I thought it was gonna get past the the infielder, and then you and then we would score, but it, it's just a weird infield. It was like a weird infield hit. So then we got bases loaded. So then now I'm I'm not kidding. I'm on my hardwood floor praying. <laughs> my wife, uh, my my wife is is standing over is standing next to me, and. And so Jen Josh Naylor, I think he had a three pitch strikeout, if I'm not mistaken, or a four pitch strikeout. He did strike and out. Then, and then that's that's when like all our heart goes into our throats and we're just like all confidence goes out the window. And then Oscar Gonzalez, man, it was so beautiful. How could you not love baseball? Like couldn't have read it any better, man. Two strikes and he and he and he and he just lays the bat out, gets some soft contact on it, and just it goes, it, it 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 gets through, and you knew Ahmed was going to score because he was on second, uh, and and Quan scores and Guardians win, and oh my God, I, I've never I, me my me my wife jumps into my arms, I, we 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 spin around in our apartment, I call my dad, we're screaming, I think I think I, I called you, yep, um, oh, and we're screaming top of our lungs, I'm like hitting my, I'm like pounding like the floor like in in like. In and almost in happy tears, like I, 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 I've never. It's like we all caught. It's like we all were a part of the team, like the young team coming through in a moment like that versus the big, big payroll Yankees, and it was so unbelievable. It was the emotion of the moment. Everybody was so uplifting, like the the celebration, the on Twitter and the ballpark, the the videos. It, it, that game lasted. That game will last us a lifetime. That we'll, we'll be talking about that. that. We'll be talking about the game years from that now. memory is up there with Rajay Davis's two-run home run in Game Seven of the 2016 World Series. Like yeah. that's that's the type of magic that it was. And guys, I'm here to tell you, Clark Schmidt <laughs> made an absolutely fantastic pitch to Oscar Gonzalez. If if you yeah. watched Oscar Gonzalez play, you it's know good. it was a good piece of hit. Yes, it was just it was literally willing the team to win. It was a perfect pitch. It was a slider. It was on the outside corner. It's there's a pretty damn good chance that that pitch gets called for a strike 
Scatcast, I have it right here, had it just off the corner of the plate. There is a pretty good chance that that ball gets called for strike three and the game is over. And Oscar, with his long arms, just reached out and tapped it into center field. Like Oscar struck out on that exact same pitch in the regular season 22 times. He knew it was coming. He knew what the scouting report on him was. He knew Clark Schmidt was going to throw him a slider low and away. And the kid got it done. What? Are, are you serious? <laughs> what can you do but uh, say baseball is beautiful? Just How can you not be romantic about baseball? It, it's, it was such a great sport. Yes, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And Ahmed, if you had any doubt that he was going to score... The camera didn't even pan to home plate until Ahmed had crossed the plate. It was not even close. There was no way Harrison Bader even had a chance to make a play. Shit. Shit. Yankees just went up 5-4. You know what? There's a good chance the Yanks get one, but you have to remember, what is it? What's the format? 2-3-2? No, I I, I just wanted a sweep. That's all. So what? They have to, they play in New York again. No, they're they're, they're finished. I I just wanted a sweep. Uh, Astros are still good, man. They, and the game is still early. This game is, Jesus, this game is probably not going to be over till midnight. Yeah. Um, The Yankees um, are also currently out hitting the Astros. It's five to four. So then we, then we just, so Zach, where are we? Then we get the game four. And we just we just don't hit Garrett Cole. It's yeah, just one of those baseball things. We just can't hit him. The only one that did hit him is Josh Naylor, and then he kind of did that celebration with the with the Rock Me Baby. I don't know what, where the hell that came from. That's just and, Naylor, man. That's who he is. Yeah, I mean that's who he is. That that's you know he that's who he is. That's who he always will be. I I, I kind of don't care. It's just like people people like people. Someone DM me. Are you upset about Josh Naylor? No, that's who he is. He's always been that way. You want to know who He's was upset about way, it? Zach. Yankees fans. Yeah, so of course they're going to dish it back to us if, if it doesn't go our way. Yeah. We would be doing the same thing. Absolutely. It, 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 okay, so 100%. I'm not going to show. I, look, I could shit on Yankee fans for a lot of things. That's not one of them. No. Because it was 110% um, so warranted. Now, they've been getting, they have been wiping the Astros' ass this entire series that they're playing. In. Yeah. Just, we just, but we just don't hit Garrett Cole. It was just one of those games. We just couldn't get in a rhythm. It was a one run game. And then we just couldn't keep it close. Quantrill just, it just, you know, Zach, what I'm thinking about in the back of my mind, if the guardians went out and maybe traded for Pablo Lopez, maybe he'd be pitching twice. Cause Quantrill pitched, pitched twice in that series. Zach. He did. He pitched game one and he pitched. Game so in the, I was thinking about if we acquired Pablo Lopez in Miami, maybe he would have pitched twice instead of Quantrill in that series. And who knows where the results have, would have would have gone? It's hard to say. You man. Know, yeah, no, I'm, I know. I'm, hindsight's I'm, always twenty twenty. I've been sitting on this for I've been sitting on this for like a week. Well, hindsight's always twenty twenty, you know? and Cal Cal did course, a good job yeah, in game. Oh, one. I, I love Cal. I'm not shitting on Cal. Well, I love Cal. It just, it just he just he just had a he just had a couple bad game. starts. Well, and Cal Cal pitched well in game one. Um, I agree. But I agree. here's the thing, like pitching in the postseason is that good. Do I think that Cleveland needs to go out and get another surefire arm? We'll, we'll talk about that. Let's, we talk let's about keep that the offseason for, for the mailbag. Yeah, because we got a bunch. But now we got to get to a, now we got to get to an uncomfortable game five. Now, um, the only thing I will say about this is I was not sold on Aaron Savali starting. I thought it should have been a bullpen, it should have been a bullpen game. 
Same. with Cody Morris as an opener. I so, I thought that that would have given them the best chance to win because Savali did not have it, and it was obvious. Very so. Uh, they had they had, the game got postponed, right? Yep. So that gives us an, a puncher's chance to have Bieber, right? And then they step. You know these like you know the front office. They're they're like talking about a billion different scenarios and like figuring out what's what. Look. Savali literally hasn't pitched in almost like three weeks. Yep. Like, you shouldn't. If you're not going to pitch Bieber, just go bullpen. It could be anybody. Henches. It makes Savali Cody available Morris. out of the bullpen. Throw out, throw out, you know, De Los Santos as far as I'm concerned. Eli Morgan, anybody. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't matter. Like, it really didn't matter who the bull. Just if you're not going to throw out Bieber, then just go bullpen. That's my thing on it. Now, here's the thing on Bieber. I'm not going. I'm not shitting on Tito. I. I've learned my lesson. I'm not shitting on Tito. I think it was the right call not to start him. I don't think a part of me thinks that Bieber just flat out wasn't available. And they're just like doing like, they're they're, they're just like doing, they're just covering up for Bieber, like telling, saying the media that he wasn't available. He did everything he said. Did you want the pitch? I just don't think like he was available to pitch. I don't think it was Uh, ever in the cards period. I mean, neither do I. I don't think it was ever. And so that's fine the, because Bieber so, tore his rotator cuff last year. Right. So a manager will always like stand up for the player. He will always tell the press, you know, Bieber did everything he wanted. He, he said he wants to pitch. He said he's ready to pitch. I don't think he was ever. I don't think he was ever available. Nope. I, I don't think it was inside that clubhouse. I don't. I think they knew that he was never going to pitch pitch again in that series. Yep. So. Bad things happen when you mess with I have guys' a theory, rest Zach. cycles. Zach, is it? Do you think it's possible that maybe like Bieber's representation may have shut it down with free agency coming off the injury? Is that possible, it's, Zach? It's hard to say. I mean, look, we have no information if, on this. If but this, this is, is pure speculation, if that was the wonder. case, that would tend to lead you towards the fact that the club has thought about offering Bieber a sizable extension, and those are conversations that will occur in the offseason. Now, well, let's, he's coming off an in, a shoulder injury. Yeah. He has free agency in two years. He's probably look, he's looking at a career contract. And there, there, is, pres, there is president on this, Zach. Uh, Matt Harvey for the Mets. Uh, Scott Boris did not let him, did not let him pitch. Um, Steven Strasburg had a, an early in his career also. There is president where agents did not let their pitchers pitch on short rest. In, in the postseason. Who's Bieber's agent? Uh, he is uh, with, Drew Rosenhaus. Drew, Drew Rosenhaus. His agent is Drew Dennis Wyrick, but he's with Rosenhaus Sports. Yeah. Um, but, look, for, for all we know, Bieber was a – look, that's, that's probably – that's a crazy theory. That's probably not true. I just don't think Bieber ever was an option for this. Yeah. I don't – my problem is going with Savali. Let's just talk about it. He didn't have his command from the get-go. He he walks the first batter. He gets a strikeout on Judge. I, did he walk the second batter? I think he had two walks. And then once Stan got up, your confidence is out the window. Yep. And That's what Stan then he does has, in the postseason, man. Yeah, he has, a then, career, then he, he has an OPS in the postseason over one career. Then he once once that three run homer went out, we never really recovered. Nope. Really, like the energy, it, it just wasn't there. I think we had. We had bases loaded, one out. I think Jose Ramirez got a sack fly, um, three to one, and it just didn't. We never really got in a rhythm, and you could just, you could just feel the season ending. You just once, 
once Savali gave up that three-run home in a Stanton, you knew that the game was this, the game was over. Like we, it was gonna be a long day. Yep. And then Tito pulls him. Henches comes in, gives up a solo homer to Judge. We're down four to nothing, and then it was four to one, and then it's just we never really we never really got into rhythm after that, and the season evaporated before our eyes. And then I drank some scotch after the game, and and had a very sad night. Yep, I think. Uh, but I w- But I'm not upset at Tito. No. I don't. I, and it's like I, I posted in a tweet a couple days ago. I the morning after, like. I can't look back on this season with anything but a smile on my face. I called my dad the other day. My dad and my family is always the guy I talk sports with. Um, that's my dad nice thing. I just I can't look at this season with anything but a smile. This team is something special, and they showed the world who they are, and they're not going away. And it's like everybody has said after the season ended, you've seen it from all of our sources. The best prospects are still in the tank. Yeah. Our best blue chips are yet to come. We can hypothetically, we've hypothetical about that all year. But like, guys, if you thought the team was good now, the team is in a position to make themselves even better. And you put some pop on this team. <laughs> Watch out, man, because yeah. they are going to be something special. I have so many moments from this season. Actually, yeah. Nicole asked us a question that we'll have yeah, to answer later. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That. I, yes. that I sat on for a while. We'll talk about some yeah. of our favorite moments from just, the season. Just in a nutshell, it was such a special season. Well, in, um, imagine, look at back we at had the highs seven, and lows we've had. Yeah, we had 17 major league debuts. That's just exciting. Rookies I that love all that. found ways to win. And not only that. When, if you ask a person a major league team is going to have 17 major league debuts, you would think that that team is in last place. Yep. <clears throat> Almost like it they're just trying to happen. sort through their prospect tank and figure out who's worth keeping. It just doesn't happen. Nope. You know, you, you, in, in sports, you just don't compete with a team this young. You know, so it was so refreshing and so nice to see. Yep. And, yeah, it really was a special year. Yep. It really was. Can't can't really put much of a better capstone on it than that. Is it disappointing? Yeah, we were damn close to playing the Astros for the American League Championship Series, and I personally yeah. think uh, a Guardians Astros ALCS would have been much more entertaining than the absolute snore that has been, save for Game Four right now, that has been the Astros absolutely walking all over. Uh, the Yankees. I know for a fact that the Astros did not want to face Cleveland because of the way that Cleveland's pitching would have lined up for the series. Uh, Cleveland is a far better pitching team than New York, and the Astros have exposed their bullpen uh, all series. And so just some real quick thoughts on the postseason. I'm personally on the Phillies bandwagon because holy shit, (laughs) they dude. You want to talk saw, about a team? You, tweet you that, want to talk yeah. about a team that went through some adversity? They fired their manager. Uh, what was it? It was before the All Star break. It was early June. So, I, so, I, so I shed on the man. I shed on Dombrowski because I didn't think it was fair because he put the roster together. Yep, Two hundred twenty million dollar payroll, <laughs> and then here they are in the World Series, bro. That team. But, it's like I said. It's like they gave a, a little league team of seven year olds with a passion for the game Mountain Dew, and they are ab absolutely cracked reese hoskins oh my is god is having a post season 
for the Hall of Fame record books. Bryce Harper, who was hurt most of the season and is currently DHing for the Phillies because he has not fully recovered, is having... It's hard to pick an NLCS MVP between Hoskins and Harper because both of them slug the absolute shit out of the ball. Like, if you want a young, exciting team that they don't play very good defense, but they they hit, they hit for power, they make pitchers work, and they play with a lot of passion, the Phillies are who you want to be following because Bryce Harper has been that dude uh, in the yeah, postseason. Yeah, so I'm by default going to root for the Phillies because... I mean, I'm kind of over the whole Astros scandal. I was crap. rooting for whoever came out of the NLCS, no matter what. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm over the cheating, but they did like sweep us in 2017. Yeah. Still stinks. Like they were clearly like doing their thing. <laughs> like, and and like, I remember Jason Kipnis. I remember reading a quote in the post game. Jason Kipnis said they out. They out, they outplayed us. They out scouted us. They out, they knew they had, they, and they knew everything we were throwing. I, I remember reading, and that was before anything came out. They outplayed us. They out hustled us. They out coached us. They out scouted us. They out managed us, and more importantly, they they knew everything we were going. To, they were a step ahead of us. <laughs> so yeah. that so, and this was before the whole story came out. It came out that summer. It came out came out that winter. And I always in my mind there was such a weird quote, and then and then I, then yeah, then, I, then obviously everything came out. So yeah, by default I'm rooting for the Phillies. Um, I am over the the Astros though. I, I pull for Dusty Baker because he's just a baseball lifer. Hired by none um, other than Hank Aaron too. Yeah, so I, I really I, I pull for Dusty Baker, and I want ooh, and I want Michael Brantley uh, to get to get to get to get a World Series. But I am going for the Phillies though. Because I think Bryce Harper really matured yep. before our eyes. Um, I remember when he, when he first came up, he was a little cocky and he had some issues with with, with you know he, with hustling and, and and with teammates. And then he really he really matured as a player and, and as a person. He and I'm really happy for him. And a fun player to watch. Oh my God, yep. Zach, what a fun! He's literally team. blossomed into a perennial MVP candidate in front of our eyes. He so I tweeted this last night. I would do many things to have Reese Hoskins on Reese Hoskins on the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> he is unreal. Zach, he's an unrestricted he's free a, agent, isn't he? No, I think he has one more year left in control. Zach, he's rocking a one sixty five WRC plus for his left handed pitching. Well, I think That's, this postseason has showed. Yeah, so Reese Hoskins is arbitration eligible. One more in year, twenty twenty three. So we'd have to trade for him. Uh, a couple couple happening. names to keep track of in the off season. Uh, we'll get we'll get into this later. We'll get into this later. Yeah. So I do have one over. thing I want to touch on. We're going to call this Zach Chuck Talk. It's the it's the new segment, Zach. There is one I thing I want to touch on. We're calling it Chuck Off. Oh, Chuck Off. Chuck Off. Chuck Off. I'm, yep. sorry. I'm sorry. Chuck Off is going to go to Buck Showalter of the New York Mets. Oh, this one's so a little no one, dated. So no one's a little, no one's remembers no one remembers this because we didn't really talk about it because I had. I had a holiday, and we and you were and you were on the road driving. So Buck Showalter, who is getting his ass kicked, decides to th- decides to check Joe Musgrove for for sticky stuff when he's down six nothing. When he's getting no, he's getting one hit shutout in the sixth inning. It was cheesy, Zach. It was petty. It was. We are getting our asses kicked, and we can't 
shake your hand like a man. So we're going to throw out the umpire on the mound. <laughs> it was it was everything wrong. It is, it is everything wrong how to handle a situation as a manager. And you know what? I'm I, I'm done with him in that one little moment. Because he, he robbed Joe Musgrove of a moment of, of his career. I am done. Buck Showalter, I, I am finished. He is done with it. I am done with him. I hope he loses every game he manages for the rest of his career. That was, that, Zach, that was petty. It was ridiculous. It was lame. On the it biggest stage, too. Yeah, and you can't, you can't, you can't shake his hand. You have to, you have to point at, point at sticky stuff in the guy's ear. I don't know what the hell they were doing. They were looking at his. It, they had the umpire checking Muscov's ear for sticky stuff, and I couldn't believe it. It was unsportsmanlike. It was. Very it was a very crybaby way. Uh, to go in and it's just proof that spending money doesn't mean shit when it comes to the playoffs the Mets spent an exorbitant amount of money when your opponent kicks your ass you shake their hand you don't you you don't look for ways to to weasel out of it and cover it up and then Buck Showalter says I'm the manager of the Mets and I'll do anything it takes to win and I'll live with the consequences live with that you look like a fool being shit on by every fan base in the country he looks like a fool, Zach, yep. and I hope Buck Showalter loses every game he manages the rest of his career. <laughs> Got a little bit of that Jersey Total accent joke. coming out. Total joke, Buck Showalter. <laughs> Total joke. Yeah. You shake your opponent's hand like a man. You lose with dignity. You lose with dignity. Yeah. You take it on the chin and you go home. Well, we saw multiple occasions of that this year. You don't Rock. send the umpire out. No. You know what, Joe, Joe Musgrove, Zach, he should have taken and he should have thrown a fastball at Buck Showalter. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You don't handle yourself like that yeah. as a manager. What kind of messages does that send to your clubhouse? Total shameful, awful, pathetic. Chuck off, Buck Showalter. Hell yeah, awful. You've had Hideous you've man. had that one pent up for a good bit. I was so upset about it. I texted all my friends uh, that are Mets fans. Are you kidding me? It's no different are than when me? Rocco Baldelli did it to Karen Chack. No, but Zach, come on. It's a one-hit shutout. You're getting your ass kicked, and you can't be big enough to just like Take the L. You, 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 you gotta you, you gotta pull that move. Yep. When you're down six nothing, are you kidding me, Zach? It's miserable. Oh my. Yeah. Awful. All right. So, <laughs> do you feel better? Chuck off, Buck Showalter. Feel, you're 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 dead to me. Feel, that was awful. Do you feel a little better now? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> All right. Well, we got some. We got some fun stuff. So I we have two mailbags worth of stuff to answer because we had an episode that ended up getting yeah, postponed. So there's been some very good discussion. I am so proud of you guys. Like, how fun is it? First off, that we as Cleveland fans are going to an off season where we wonder what the future looks like in ways to make this team better because we know they can be competitive. It's not is the team going to be competitive? It's not, is the team going to extend Jose Ramirez? Are they going to trade him? Which was the narrative of last year. It's not, is there a lockout? Holy crap. I don't even want to think about that. It was one of oh. the worst segments. Oh my God. I haven't recovered. Time in my life. Oh, but that lockout gives me, Oh, we don't have to worry uh, that's about like that. That's a trigger word. Zach. We are blessed as Cleveland fans where we're in a spot where it's, Hey, the core of this team is young. We've locked up some key pieces. We've got rookies that are in their rookie contracts and are going to be under team control for a long time. How do we make this team better? And a lot of you have asked some very thoughtful questions. 
So, with that said, we have two weeks worth of mailbag to answer, so let's dive in. Uh, we'll go with the first one I posted. I posted this one all the way back on October 13th. Uh, Scott asked us, shout out to Scott. He's been with us up, Scott? the whole year. What do you yes. guys think about this possibility with Beebs if he would be willing to sign for three years at a fair rate to try to keep the window open? His ARB 2 in three years would probably be $12 million and $16 million per, respectively. So for those two and one more, I say three years at $52 million. He still hits free agency at 31. So I've sat and thought a lot about this. We touched on it with the thought of, you know, was was there some contract talks going on? You know, the possibility of extending. Um, I think part of that has to do with the fact that Tito learned his lesson on burning out pitchers in the 2016 playoff run and what happened to Corey Kluber. Um, but it's hard to say because agents and players are pretty tight-lipped about this stuff and they don't like discussing contract stuff during right. the season. Now, do I want to extend Bieber? Absolutely. Was I sold on that at the beginning of the season? Absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> you can't argue that his velocity has regressed, but if you go on Baseball Savant and you look at his percentages, something that he has mastered so well that made him so good all year was even with his fastball velocity being down, he hammered his curveball and slider. Most of his strikeouts came on those two pitches. He has gotten very, very good at them. I don't care if he throws 90 miles an hour. That's my ace. Guys, we have two aces on this team. We have Tristan McKenzie and Shane Bieber. You could stick either num- either one in the one spot, and they're going to have almost a Cy Young caliber season. Tristan McKenzie and Bieber should both get Cy Young votes this year. That's incredible. Now, as for do I think the team should extend him? That depends. So buying out his arbitration years, that's usually a tricky conversation because arbitration buyouts for players are usually a little risky because usually in the first buyout year, they're going to take less than they would be for arbitration eligible. And then the back two years on a three-year deal are usually more money. Do I think they should extend him? Absolutely. Do I have any idea what that looks like? I'll pull a page from the Zach Mizell interview and say, I have no idea what that looks like because we don't know what Bieber wants. Um, And Zach Mizell said that. So that's straight from like the creme de la creme of insider knowledge. Like I think there is I think no he has more sources than us, Zach. Well, uh, it's maybe, do I think they should extend him? Yes. Do I think Bieber has wrestled with the fact of going to free agency, knowing he can get paid probably a fair chunk of change. Yes. The team is in a tough spot. They can extend him or they can let him ride out his arbitration and bring up some of the young guns behind him as they continue to develop. Do I think they should extend him? I'll beat a dead horse. Yes. Do I have any idea what that looks like? No. All right. So I'm going no on this, Zach. Ooh. First of all. Very seldom we don't agree. First of all, I don't think he would ever accept a three-year a three-year contract. He would never accept. There, there's, there's no upside. Not at his age, no. From, he wants a long-term deal. There's no upside to a three-year deal. Like if you were if you're hitting free agency, you're 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 getting paid. So he will any any contract. Luis Castillo signed a, a contract that was I believe five years yep. and a six year club option. Well, and there's also and, a clause in that contract where if he gets hurt for a year, he has an additional club option. Yeah. So, and he has two years clubs control. Two years club control. Side note. So that's a, Astros just tied the Yankees. It's five five. They sure did. First and third, one out. Um. <laughs> you like how I was right on oh, that yeah. <laughs> Um No, but so that's a 
and Zach, you could make the argument Luis Castillo is probably just as almost as effective as Shane Bieber. You know, you know, oh, man, pitcher, good pitcher. He has a fastball sits ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was phenomenal. So he has two years two years control. So that's a fair comp, Zach. Would you want to look up to see what? Would you want to look up that contract for me, Zach? If you have a chance, uh, Luis Castillo's. Um, I think it's one hundred five million. I could be mistaken. I got you. Hang on. So according to Spotrack, oh my goodness, um, five year contract. I it was cheap. It it kind of five years, one hundred eight million dollars, seven million dollar signing bonus. Averages out to about 21.6 uh, every year. The first year is a little light at 10 million, and then every year after that is 22.75 million, saved for the last year of his contract. Right, so he got a bump million. in his last year of arbitration. Yep. I mean, that's and then, that's healthy. Yeah, so Bieber's. I think Bieber's going to want like an eight-year deal. I I, cool. I do. I, I really do. You don't From see what pitchers seeing, get eight-year deals a lot. Yeah, unless you're like Steven Strasburg or like yeah. Eric Cole, just look for. There's been multi, There's two reporters, Jason Lloyd in the Athletic, Terry Pluto, who I respect. Yep. Both reported separately that he turned down t- two separate multi-year extensions, and one of them was similar to Blake Snell. So that tells me that he's going to free agency no matter what. That that just that's just my opinion. Um. So, Zach, you, I mean, you know Snell's I contract was five years at fifty million. Yeah, so that's 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 more on the team friendlier side. He's probably wanting closer to eighty or ninety. Yeah, so that's more on the team friendlier side. But that that that's the most they're gonna go. They're not gonna. They're you know they're not gonna. They just that's not how they operate. It's just not who we are. So he's gonna go to free agency. People really forget how good Tanner Bybee is, Daniel Espino, and Gavin Williams, Logan Allen. It goes list goes on and on. Cody Morris, I think, is going to have a really big impact the next year too. So I, I, I'm I'm content. Let it play out arbitration. He'll probably be on the books for twelve million. I do think that Scott could be a little off on the final year of arbitration. I think he'd be looking at eighteen. I think we're looking at eighteen to twenty million. If they play out arbitration, which I don't think they will, in the Guardians, the franchise history has very rarely um, played out arbitration and just let them walk. That's very rare. Small market teams, it's it's very beneficial to trade them with one year, or or depending on the situation, two years club control. Yep. So my guess is you played out with arbitration, you see where you are, and then you probably flip them in the in next following off season. That's that's my gut. Not entirely. Out and of I, range and I would, possibilities. And I would, and I, me personally, I, value for value, I, I would pursue an extension with McKenzie over Shane Bieber. That's my personal opinion. I will agree with that because I think he's cheaper and he's younger. Yep, he's younger, and you can probably buy out his arbitration a little cheaper. Yeah. Um. Good question, Scott. There's right. a lot up in the air on that. Um. Mel asked us a question. Shout out to Mel. Y'all know who Mel is. Mel's been on this podcast with us. Uh, yes. And Mel runs Guardians of the CLE by Believable Media. You guys Mel's should, the best. You guys should listen to them. Uh, they are much shorter than we are, and Mel's always very good at giving concise thoughts. Mel asked, um, hey, longtime listener, first-time caller here. What the hell is wrong with Josh? She's talking about Naylor at this point in time. Uh, he's broken and needs fixed. Naylor was slumping pretty bad at this point in time. I'm really intrigued by this Arias or Miller at first base against lefties. Who do you prefer? I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Uh, simply for me, 
Arius. We've seen who Miller is. Miller is terrible. Yeah. Miller has reverse splits. He cannot hit left-handed pitching to save his life. Um, I think Arias's defense is wasted at first base. And we did see some flash from Arias with the bat in the postseason. He had a good game versus the Yankees where he had three hits. Um, he struggled a bit after that, but that's to be expected. A lot of the rookies in the postseason did struggle. We saw Brennan struggle, but we also saw them get clutch hits. Um, I this is a tough one, man, because this gets into does the team need to go get right handed hitting? I think we have a question for that later. right? So I like Arias against lefties. Um, His hit tool is not graded very high on fan graphs. I say bullshit. They've got him at a 50 hit tool. That'll play, especially with his defense. His defense is wasted at a position like first base. But could you platoon him and put him at first uh, with Josh DHing? Absolutely. Um, I mean, he's his ceiling is really high. He's young. He's only going to get better. Uh, just continue to develop him, have him invest in the system that Chris Malika has installed. Uh, Owen Miller needs to be playing for somebody else. Period. End of the conversation. Yeah. There is no room for him on this team. Just you can, guys. The proof is in the pudding. Like, I can't uh, I love I can't say yeah. enough. I love how Owen Miller slowly became Ernie Clement as the year like went on. Um, he like did have Wise, a banger he, April. He did, he hit 400. but he, Zach, April was literally like 100 years yeah, ago. Like, he, he literally has not done. Me, bro. He, he has not done squad douche since, since April, yep. literally. And then there was like these, like, you know, WRC baloney stats about his, his, you know, his cold weather stats. And then that, you yeah, know, it's it, all made it, up. He, this pure superstition. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, pure it's not superstition. It's just like, come on. Like, he doesn't hit lefties. Yep. And it's just, it's ridiculous already. And we had to sit through. He looked awful in the postseason. Arias, I thought Arias represented himself well, handled himself really well yep. for. He had for, some for, defensive for, blunders, but that's okay. So the whole. Look, obviously, it kills his defensive value at first base because, I mean,. I honestly believe with his pop and his defensive shortstop, he could be a three three to four win player. I I, I believe that. Yep. Uh, I, I've always been I've been high on Arias uh, for the whole since the you know the, I, I I love Gabriel Arias. Yep. I, I Ahmed Rosario blocked me because how much I love Gabriel Arias. <laughs> um, and yeah, so. I definitely the, the the first answer. I definitely prefer Arias over Miller, so that's not even close. Um, the Naylor thing. Look, I, Tito is very loyal. I I do think we're heading towards Naylor as strictly a platoon player, and that's and that's fine, and that's okay, Zach. He'll still get probably four hundred at bats. That's okay. Yep. You know, he didn't really have a normal off season. He was still rehabbing. From the leg injury, so let's see. Maybe, maybe what? Let's see what a full off season looks like for Josh Naylor. You know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll get in a little, a tad better shape. You know, maybe he'll, he'll. Uh, we forget, like, like you know, it. He didn't really have a real off season. He was rehabbing the entire time. Yep. So you know, that's hard on a player. No, I mean, in 122 yeah. games, 449 at bats, he batted 256. He slugged 452. Um. Just he was a 1.5 win player this year. Nobody, guys, that injury that he overcame is nasty. Like he did look progressively better as the season went on. 
Now, have now having said that, Zach, the splits for his lefties pretty bad speaks for itself. It, it, it it's there. Yep. There's no denying it. Look, in my opinion, well, I think there's another question about it later. Who I would want, but I, I my opinion, he is strictly a a, a right-handed platoon bat, and that's more than okay. He'll, he'll literally get over 400 at bats, you know. So, yeah, I I wouldn't put it for me. It wouldn't be Arias at first. I try to I try to you know hold Arias down to third, shortstop second. But if it means getting him at bats and we can't get him anywhere else, then I would put Arias at first. But I'm hoping that's not what it comes to. Yep, he batted. Josh batted 173 versus lefties. There's oh, there's no God. mistake that that's pretty bad. And 110 at bats, only one home run, 11 RBIs, walked 14 times, struck out 34. Uh, versus right-handers, 339 at bats, 24 doubles, 19 home runs, 68 RBIs, 24 walks to 46 strikeouts. That is a stat line that screams to me platoon player. Yeah. Um, because you have to supplement the fact that he simply cannot hit left-handed pitching. Yeah. So that's tough, but there's another question that we'll get to later in that, that maybe the team can go address some of that. So I then sent out another mailbag a week later that we were supposed to get to a little earlier this week that we did not, uh, because I have, uh, an eight month old and I was having trouble getting her to sleep. Not blaming anybody. I love being a dad more than anything in the world. So let's get into it. We've got this. This one's the long one. So John asked <laughs> yeah. us. Shout out to John. Uh, John has been with us. Yes. Most John's of the like, season. John's our guy. Um, oh, this. All right. I'm going to put a time cap on this one because this one's a long one. <laughs> what prospects do we trade? Who do we trade? Oh, boy. It's almost like we talked about this. What prospects do we trade? Who do we trade for? Do we go after a left-handed starter and a right-handed bat? Lots of questions. I'll start with this one, and I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. Oh, you want, you want to go first? Yep. Who do we trade? Okay. All right. So I'm going to pull a play. I'm going to pull a page from Willie Hood's playbook. Willie, in the episode we did with him, said, you go big game hunting in the offseason. And I agree. So... I think you ride with Ahmed Rosario as your shortstop because you don't magically wake up and roll out of bed and finish third in the American League in hits. Say what you want about his WRC+. He obviously brings a lot to the team. He's an important personality piece that's intangibles. So here's who I'm going and getting. The first thing I'm doing is I'm signing Brandon Drury in free agency. Uh, that is perfect right-hand platoon hitter. Don't have to play him every day. His contract will probably be... His flash line is ridiculous. Is insane. He's got a 146 WRC plus versus left-handed pitching. Guys, this team struggled to hit left-handed pitching all year. You want to fix that problem? Go sign that guy. He might be one of the the most undervalued players in baseball. And guess what? He's going to come cheap. This year, his contract was $900,000. He is an unrestricted free agent. You can probably offer him if you want to sign him for multiple years. You can probably offer him two years at six million dollars, and you can get him. He's thirty. He's got some prime left in him. You need to fix your left-handed pitching batting problem. That's the first thing. The second thing I am doing is I am immediately deciding if I am re-signing Austin Hedges or not to mentor Bo Naylor. And if the answer is no, I am calling the Oakland Athletics, and I am literally giving them the pick of my farm system minus three prospects. And those three are George Valera, 
Tanner Bybee and Daniel. Actually, you know what? George Valera, Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams. Daniel Espino is on the table. And guess what, folks? It's going to be a four or five to one because Murphy has, correct me if I'm wrong, two years of arbitration left. Three years. Three years. So he's arbitration eligible this year plus two more. So fix that problem. Decide if you want Hedges back. I'm honestly surprised that they did not extend him during the season, but we saw the club commit to getting Bo Naylor some major league service time, which means he probably breaks camp with the team uh, next year. You need to find somebody to mentor him. He will be 21 years old. He does not need to be catching 150 to 160 games, period. He needs to be able to get in the DH spot and get at bats and not be catching every day and learn. Personally, I think the best decision for that is Austin Hedges. And if you cannot get Sean Murphy or uh, Brandon Drury, you need to offer the Phillies probably a three for one with a It'll be a two with a player to be named later for Reese Hoskins. Now I know that's not going to happen. I know that's steep. I don't think there's any way possible that that the Phillies trade him, especially with the postseason that he's having right now, because the Phillies are not rebuilding. They are in win now mode. I would offer them something decent. And if they say no, you know, you know, their stance on the thing. Um, They're willing to let Hoskins write out his last arbitration year and keep him because guys, they may win the chip this year and teams are usually pretty reluctant to move on from guys that provide big and Hoskins has done that. So that's where I'm at. I think that Sean, because Sean Murphy, he is a right-handed. I'm drawing a blank. He is right-handed, correct? Yep. So there you go. Right-handed bat, add some pop, can hit left-handers very well. Got to do something, man. You have a bunch of prospects that are, need to be added to the 40-man roster or they are going to be taken. Trade them to a team that can roster them and get some help. Right, so... I'm going... Look, I... This is such a hard question. I I listened to the entire press conference of Chris Antonetti and Tito talk about their plans for the offseason. It probably means nothing. The one impression I got was that... They want to. They want to grow with their players they have in house, and the one position that Chris Antony did mention was catcher. That was eye opening to me. He did mention that there is mutual interest with Austin Hedges and and the team. So it, there's very there's two routes this is going, Zach. If Austin Hedges is not back, I strongly believe they go after Sean Murphy. Yep. They're not. I, I just they're not going to do another. I think if it's either Hedges or they trade for a catcher. That's how I think this is going to go. Hori, I'll follow in, in, in Miami, I think. Um, Austin Nola, San Diego. This just in, the Astros are winning. Yes. Six to five. Uh, yes. Um, wow, the pitcher's nasty. Um, so, Zach, there's two routes this is going to go. Bo Naylor. And Austin Hedges, or I think Bo Naylor and Sean Murphy is very real. Is it becomes very real? Who's off the table in a trade with the A's for Murphy? Because they're going to want it big. I, I leave off Bybee, Espino, Valera. Okay, so they're going to want actually. They're going to want I swap Roke. I include Rokio in that too. Ooh, that's spicy. Because of and who do I hit. want at first base? Now, Zach, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that they're not going to... I want... Here's my guy. I, I want Pablo Lopez of Miami. 
I think Zach Plesak has thrown his last pitch in Cleveland. That is, that ship has sailed. Well, I thought that too. They kept him for the postseason, but I don't think he's no, back but for no, next year. He's not coming back next year. That, that ship has sailed. The question is what they do with Savali. They're going to have to tether him, and he's probably going to make two to three million in arbitration in his first year. I don't know if that's a if that's a slam dunk. I just don't. Um, so I I do think they trade for a starter. I do think they do. I I, I think there's a strong chance they trade for a starter. Maybe Pablo Lopez price went down in in Miami. There was a lot of talk of him getting traded. He didn't have a good second half of the year. Now, Lopez is it, going into arbitration, so he's arbitration this year and next year. So that's that's okay. That's fine. I think they need a one year stopgap before you. You're, you don't want to throw out. Look, Speedo's is going to be is going to be rehabbing. There's no you're way he starts Bobby. the year anywhere else other than Double A. Yeah, he's starting in Akron. Yep. You're gonna want you're gonna want Bobby to get some experience at Triple A. Logan Allen is the closest you have to to forty man eligibility, so you need a stopgap. So I think they're going to trade for Pablo Lopez or Blake Snell. Blake Snell is he's a little bit expensive. I think he's sixteen million, one year left. So maybe maybe San Diego will take on some money because they need to rebuild that farm system because they gutted their farm system for Juan Soto. So I'm going to get a package together of. Jose Tana. Yeah, because Tana's were R5. Tyler Freeman. Yep, I think Freeman's blocked. And Zach, did any did, did, did you ever wonder why Nolan Jones like fell off the face of the earth? I've never heard from him again. Just because Jones needed everyday playing time, I think you have to package him too. Zach, you couldn't, but you couldn't. You you mean to tell me Nolan Jones couldn't help them? In, his pop couldn't have helped them in the playoffs. We, of- well, I think the reason that he wasn't on the postseason roster is because we saw what happened when he struggled to be in that late inning pinch hit role. I, I understand that, but he he offers some pops, Zach. He does, and he has reverse slugging splits. He slugs left-handed pitching very well. I just thought it was strange, Zach. I, I did that. That we just never saw him again, and we saw like Ernie Clement and like in 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 like in September. It just it made no sense to me. I thought it was. I thought that was very telling. Yeah. Um, and we literally never saw him again. And it was. I thought that was bizarre. We saw Richie Palacios, saw Ernie Clement. It was just weird to me the way they just sent them down, and we never saw him again. Um, I'm looking at so, the list that Kleegard Pro posted uh, back on October 7th of all the R5 eligible. Mm-hmm. Guys, like it or not, some of these guys are going to be gone. Um, there's just no way around it, whether it's via trade or R5. Like, uh, There's a ton of guys at Lynchburg that are R5 eligible. Uh, there's a ton of pitchers that are R5 eligible. The really slammed up guys you're really rostering is because a lot of the guys are, are at it already. Yep. So you're really only slam dunk rostering Joey Cantillo, Angel Martinez, and Xavion Curry, yeah. and Xavion Curry. Yep. I think he's on the forty man already, actually. So, Zach, I the guy I'm going for is Pablo Lopez of Miami. You, you get a package together: Nolan Jones, Jose Tena, Tyler Freeman. Yep. yep. You get two years of club control, above average starter. I would possibly 
swap Brennan for Jones because I think Jones' ceiling is a lot higher than Brennan. That's just my opinion. Uh, that's curious because I think Will Brennan has earned his spot on this team. I agree with that. I just is that the slugging has to come from somewhere at some point. Yep. And you do probably, like you said, need a one to two year stopgap on pitching. So, and then George Valera is coming to this roster. He breaks camp with the I'm team. He breaks spring training believer. with the team, hundred percent. I'm a huge believer in his ability. So where where does he get at bat, Zach? If if Brennan's in, if Brennan's the everyday, you know, in the everyday lineup, how does how does Valera get at bats? Uh, what are we doing? I here? think Oscar moves to full time DH. And you stick Valera in right field, and you platoon Will Brennan and Miles Straw. I think Brennan can offer you serviceable enough defense in center field that you can treat Miles Straw in a platoon slash late inning defense. But I don't role. think it, I don't think that's enough at best for Will Brennan, and I don't think Gonzalez is an everyday DH. Maybe they'll like flip it around. They'll DH Valera one day. They'll DH Oscar one day. They'll DH Nailer one day. Versus lefties, Valera won't play probably yep. for staff of the year. But Valera is a special talent. Yes, he's the most coveted outfield prospect since Juan Gonzalez. Yep. he is legitimate fifty-five to sixty and power. So I'll time cap us on this question because we could go on and on. But I think if you're Chris Antonetti, you need to put your foot down when you're calling some of these teams uh, as soon as rosters unlock after the World Series and be like, "Hey, Valera is off the table because right. he is the outfield pop that we need." Um, so right, so that's where. I don't think the slugging is going to come from Reese Hoskins or uh, I just think the slugging is going to come internally from either Nolan Jones or George Valerizak. And the one name I'm watching for right-handed, right-handed hitting a left-handed left-handed pitching Zach. The one I'm watching is Carlos Santana. That's, that's the cheap strictly platoon first baseman. Yep cheap he's not the hitter he once was and we're and that's okay we're not paying him to be the hitter he once was you'll probably could get him for a one year seven million dollars very low risk and he hits left-handed pitching look at his splits versus left-handed pitching last year yeah but you can't play him versus right-handers he batted under you can't and that's fine so so you platoon him with nailer yep and he he plays okay defense at first base that that's my answer yep bring carlos carlos santana pablo trade for pablo lopez and then figure out catcher with either Austin Hedges or trade for Sean Murphy. Yep, that one was a long one. I knew it would be. Um, okay, so thank you to John for that one. Benny asked us, does the Jose extension signal a willingness from ownership to spend this offseason on a bat or two? We kind of talked about that a little I'll, bit. I'll, I'll go If so, first. who is the biggest target? And if not, who are some potential trade targets? So we've already kind of touched on the trade targets piece. Let's touch on the are they willing to spend some money? So I, I I have a very I have a very Zach we're we're a small market team. Yep. Not only that, we're a competitive small marketing team. So what do we do? We we keep the competitive window open as long as possible. We don't. We very rarely we in an off season we don't trade. We don't go all in. We trade for Andrew Miller when we see our when we see our shot. Yep. But we don't clean the house. We don't. You will. You will never see Daniel Espino get traded. Daniel. That's never going to happen. That's never happening. So, in terms of ownership, I, th- I would. I think they're going to open the checkbook for in-house extensions, not for free agency. I just don't see us adding adding a multi-year free agent player this this offseason. I don't. Save for maybe Carlos. 
but I think it'll be like a one year, six million dollar, six million dollar contract, yeah. seven million dollar contract. I think you're you're not like you're not gonna break the bank for Carlos Santana. In house extensions: Andres Jimenez, Tristan McKenzie, Stephen Kwan. That's that's where ownership's gonna spend the money. Now, this this may sound a little outlandish, and it would block our favorite left-handed hitting outfield prospect. <laughs> but man, I would love to go see them pay Judge. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to happening. see it. It's not going to happen because I think judged, I think it was, he turned down 284 over six from the Yankees. That's guys. That's a sizable AAV contract that he turned down. I think judge wants something to that's take 200 him. million more than any free agent or probably ever. Yeah. Sniff. It, it's not going to happen. And I know Dolan has a list of players that he would pay we're, for and judge is not on it. Like these guys on Twitter, like we're, we're not signing like a multi-year free no. agent like hitters. It's just not, it's just not what we do now. Do I think so? Do I think the team is going to spend some money? Yes, because we saw this when their competitive window was open in 2016 to 2018. They expanded their payroll. That is not going to be. Uh, I would have a hard time believing they go fishing in free agency. I think Cleveland is in a prime position to overpay in a trade. And that's just the nature of the trade market for seller teams. But we have the prospect capital and the need to move prospect capital to do it. I think they're going to shore up their young talent. I think Sticks will get a very generous for where he is offer to buy out his arbitration, plus maybe one or two. I think they try to offer Bieber again. And if they don't, they just commit to writing him out through arbitration and then trade him next season. Some potential trade targets we've already talked about: Pablo Lopez, Reese Hoskins, which is not going to happen. Um, now, another thing that I was thinking about the other day: it would require the Guardians to take on a very nasty contract, compliments of none other than AJ Preller himself. However, San Diego unloaded seven of its organizational top eleven prospects. In You're the going game. Will Myers. Nope. What are you doing? Nope. Blake Snell. I want Tatis. It's not happening. Now, it's not well, hold on. You got to stop mentioning Tatis. On hold the on. Just hear me out. Yes, his contract is ridiculous, but it's backloaded. You can get four years of Tatis at a very reasonable price for what he is. He's a right-handed bat. He's a 40 home run threat. He plays damn near gold glove defense, and he's a 30 base threat. He's going to cost year. a lot. He's going to cost a lot, want... but guess what? We are in a position to pay it. And San Francisco, San, not San Francisco, San Diego needs to reload their farm system because they just unloaded everything for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Now, why do I think that? I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is humbled. He has been busted for PEDs, and he's suspended in 30 games into next season. I think the Padres organization has lost faith in him, and they have found that Ha Song Kim is a very serviceable shortstop that can get the job done, and the Padres have realized that they've overpaid for him. Okay, that's cool. Get four years of Tatis when he's cheap on his contract and then trade him. <laughs> now, it's yeah, it's going to cost I, I, us. It's going to be a six or seven for one. But that's, that's, you would also be yeah. able to move on from Ahmed Rosario at this point, and you now have a gold glove tandem in the middle infield. I don't think I think Rosario stay. I think he is too. Hey. Tatis is a pipe dream. I will honestly be surprised if they go do it, but I have it on good authority from good sources that there is a list of about five players that Larry, that Dolan would pay that money for and prospects, and Tatis is on that list. We could go on and on I about just, this. We could say Otani. 
we could say go sign Josh Bell in free agency. I think Josh Bell is actually a perfect, per, perfect. Josh Bell is perfect because he's, perfect he's on candidate. an unrestricted. He's free a free agent, agent too. Yep. That, that's a that's a free agent, Zach. That he, I two free agent oh. names that I think the Guardians will pursue aggressively will be Brandon Drury and Josh Bell. Do I want Josh the t- Bell is represented by Scott Boras? Do so I want I the how- Tatis trade to happen? Yes, it would fix our prospect. It would fix our prospect problem in one trade because it would clean out everybody. Um, I just think the prospect problem could get fixed in a Pablo Lopez trade. I think it could too, and, and, and you and don't give would, up big. Names. It wouldn't be as at high of a as high of a cost. But yeah. you want to fix the right-handed slugging problem. You want to fix the shortstop defensive problem. Depends. Are they willing to pay the price? Probably not. But a fan can dream. All right. People forget that Brian Rocchio exists. He he's does. Literally like a, but he's a phenomenal the prospect. The same as any other baseball prospect. He's also unproven, and we know what Tatis is. That's true. So hypotheticals versus actual. We can I am filing a notion to ban two names from this podcast, <laughs> Fernando Tatis <laughs> and Buck Walter. All right. No more about those two for the entire offseason unless a trade happens. Deal? Yes. All right. So Janelle asked us Janelle actually just started following the podcast recently. If you're, yes. the F, if you're the front office, what the heck do you do with the massive backlog of outfielders we have <laughs> besides cry? Obviously. Right. So we kind of touched on this at length. Um, some trades need to happen. I don't know, man. It, it's like you said, it's like, how do you get, how do you get at bats for Brennan? Who is a great contact left-handed hitter? Uh, how do you balance that with miles straw? What the heck do you do with Oscar if Valera makes the team? And if Valera makes the team, are you treating Miles? Who's the fourth outfielder in that scenario, pretty much? So the smart money would say Miles Straw will be the fourth outfielder, but Tito loves his defense, man. Yes, he does. So my my dream scenario is trade for is trade for a starter that's my dream scenario trade for a starter pablo lopez like i said you think brennan gets dealt no i just somebody has to go maybe nolan jones gets dealt maybe george valera gets dealt i'm going i could just see them it just makes sense for them to trade Will Brennan, Jose Tena, and Tyler Freeman for Pablo Lopez. You think the Marlins not would accept up, a three for one? I do. You're not giving up. You're, you're just not. Or if you trade for a catcher, you, you, then 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 you're like talking like if you trade for Sean Murphy, then you could be talking George Valera, Nolan Jones. Then you can really trade some big name prospects. I just think Miles Straw is going to be my. Zach, but if Marshall is the fourth outfielder, he only can play center. So what does that do for us? He can't play left. He can't play right. I don't know. Well, and you've got Miles. And then, and then what about what about Will Benson? Does he just get DFA'd? Where does he go? I think Benson gets traded. I think he's the first odd man off the island. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Maybe we maybe we trade Benson instead of Brennan, and then you you trade Benson, Tyler Freeman, Jose Tana. Maybe that's enough to get. Pablo Lopez. I don't think it will be though. I think the Marlins would accept a four for one. I think you have to include an outfielder, an infielder, a pitching prospect, plus one other. The Marlins have a lot of needs that they need. They're trying to build a young team, kind of like Cleveland is, and you know they've locked up Jazz. 
Uh, they need they need some help. That's a really good question, and we're going to spend a lot of time pondering it in the offseason because holy shit. I just shit. think the Marlins, Marlins and Oakland are the perfect teams to, to target. Yeah, well, and Oakland yeah. is rebuilding. You know, we saw them trade Matt Olson to the Braves. They're not, the they're not rebuilding, Zach. They're in, they're in like a free-for-all. Purgatory is what they are. Yeah. They will a not cess- be competitive until they move. Cesspool. That's what they are. They will not be competitive until they move to Vegas. All right. Yes, you heard it. The the A's are moving. I don't care. The city's not going to build them a new stadium. They want a new stadium. That's what happens. I hope not. I'm in Oakland. I'm a small. I feel bad for the fans if that happens. I I hope they stay. I just do. Fund the new ballpark. Get your head out of your ass and get a a new ballpark. Well, and guys, if I've talked to fans that have been out there, the Coliseum is in desperate need of attention that it is not getting. It is it's a, much it's, like it's the trap. Yep, it's a shit show. Okay, get it, but keep the keep the keep the damn team in Oakland and fund a new ballpark with a yeah, roof. Yeah. All right, so we got to keep grinding here. So this is the question I've been looking forward to answering to the most because Nicole always finds creative questions to ask us, and I've sat a lot on this, and I'm really excited to answer it. So she asked us, what were some of your favorite defensive, offensive, and pitching moments from the season? You can only pick two for each category. So I've got mine lined up, so I'll go through them real quick. So defensive moments, the ridiculous play that Andreas Jimenez made in the Blue Jays series at the Rogers Center where he shagged that ball in shallow right field, (laughs) spun around, falling down, threw to home plate, and absolutely nailed Rommel Tapia uh, trying to score on the play. And then this one's going to be a while ago. Do you remember when we were in Colorado, the Rockies series, that absolutely ridiculous diving catch that Quan made? Quan? Yes. That was mine. Probably defensive play of the year. Offensive moments. So number one, the Andreas Jimenez walk off home run versus the twins where he kissed the bat and then put the twins to sleep as he was coming home from third base. And boy, just one of the two Oscar Gonzalez walk offs. You could pick either one. Um, probably the walk off home run versus the Rays because I was there. Cheater, he took the easy way out. I, I did, but you know what? It, it's special to me because I was I was there. I, I was a part of it. I, there's so many good moments you could pick from this team offensively, and then pitching <clears> moments. <throat> boy, I think. Man, that that one's a lot tougher. Go ahead. While I sit on that one, go ahead. So pitching performance was the 14 strikeouts versus the Tigers for for Shish McKenzie. Eight eight innings. Remember that, Zach? Yes, absolute dynamite. Um, My favorite moment was Stephen Kwan in Colorado and Andres Jimenez in the doubleheader versus Toronto. He had like three plays where he literally had three defensive runs saved. It was like it was an all-star coming out party to me. I don't know if you remember that. It was a, it was a doubleheader game. Not just Jimenez was just phenomenal in the, on defense. Yep. And Do you think he's a shoe in to win the gold glove or no? Yes. It just don't call just don't have the award if he doesn't win it. Yeah. Um my favorite offensive moments was the Josh Naylor walk-off versus Minnesota. Oh, the one where now he hit the two-run homer to the opposite field? Opposite yep, field, that was and a good then one. he head-bounded Tito with the, uh, the 
Um, I like I like road games. Um, also, Richie Palacios uh, pinch hit, pinch hit go ahead RBI double versus Oakland very early in the year. It was like a hundred years ago, and he also had a pinch hit versus the Dodgers that tied the game with two outs, and that was a cool one. And defensively, I- I'm going Stephen Kwan because I remember like. The game was on the line. Trevor Steffen was was pitching. It was I think there was two two runners on. We were up by one, and you could see the ball shifting away from Quan, and it clearly looked like it was going to fall. And Quan just last second does this crazy dive. I almost like like shat my pants. Literally, I was so excited. I remember my wife was sleeping because it was like a little bit of a late game, and like I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm just like. Holy shit! Yeah. And like my wife, my wife wakes up and she goes, "What happened? What happened?" And I go, "You got to see this! You got to see this!" And she's looking at the replay and she goes, "Oh my god! It was it was awesome! Great game! And it was a ten o'clock yeah. start." Yeah. So for me, pitching, do you remember back in August when Savali struck out ten versus the Tigers? Yes. He had the had the curveball working for him. That he got. Did he get injured at the end? At, at the end of the end or something like that. That was his first star and he left with a strained glute or something like that. He he did pitch through six innings and he was pulled at 82 pitches. And I think that is when they pulled him when they found he had the glute strain. And then he like disappeared and then, you know, that's a good memory, right? Yes. Zach? Still, that, that game was incredible. He had the curveball working. He was on it. And I think that people just forget sometimes how high his ceiling is. Um, when he's got that curveball working, man, it is absolutely every bit as good as Tristan McKenzie's hundred percent. Um, I think sticks is a little bit better on his fastball. I love this question. There are a million and one moments I could pick from this season. And guys, when I started this podcast back by myself, I chose to start this podcast after we had just gotten swept by the angels in a four game series. And who would have thought that we're sitting here after Cleveland was one game short of the ALCS talking about a team that their competitive window is now. And I absolutely love that. So, ah, I forgot. Uh, Roger and Mikey both asked us questions. We need to keep on time here. Um, so let's work on. Great question, Nicole. Great question. Yes, absolutely great. So as we go forward, let's work on keeping these a little more concise. Uh, Roger from the Dog Chug. Shout out Dog Chug. Yes, Dog us. Chug. I was on Dog Chug. Yep. Back. You guys should go follow them. Uh, Andy, Roger, they do a really good job of trying to be non-traditional sports shows. Andy is probably great, the great greatest people, functional alcoholic great show, I've ever seen. Great dude. Great guys to chill with. Yeah, Andy does crazy drinking stuff. If you guys want to watch him try to kill his liver, <laughs> go watch Dog Chug. He's awesome. Uh, so Roger asked us what's going to happen at first base. We kind of touched on this. Free agency. Carlos Santana, Josh Naylor. Uh, given one of the many young outfielders we have a first, do we give the one of the many young outfielders we have a first baseman all winner? Is it Naylor's full time? Guys, what's the future of first base with this ball club? I'm not going to beat on a dead horse. We touched on this a lot. I think the more I think on this, my answer to this is Josh Bell. Then what do you do with Naylor? Just platoon him. How are you going to put? You're not going to platoon Josh Bell. He's like he's an everyday hitter. Stick Naylor, DH, stick Naylor at DH full-time and have him platoon with Oscar for left-handed pitching. Then what do we do with Nolan Jones, Will Brennan, and George Valera? That's all, folks. <laughs> Bro, again, you guys see it. We just... 
and guys, I'm telling you, has to happen. At some I know. Point. And I'm telling you guys that the people that eat, sleep and breathe this team don't know either. They are just as in the dark as we are. Um, just ridiculous. So Trading for a starter just makes the most sense to me. Absolutely. So thank you, Roger, for that, because we just don't have time to expand on that anymore. I love you. I love you, Roger. Great question. Yep. Nothing but love for you guys. Carlos Santana, Josh Naylor, Platoon. You heard it here. All right. Mikey of, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Mikey P? Yep. Mikey P. Uh, yes. Co host of the Yard Dogs Pod. If you guys like Brown stuff, go check them out. Mikey's a great person. We've had him on this show. Um, what two pieces are added in the offseason that can put this team over? I feel like we've touched on this a good bit. You like Pablo Lopez and Carlos Santana, right? And George Valero. Yep. Although George Valero is internal. Because that, that's that's an addition to the team. George Valero and Nolan Jones are additions to the team. Yep. Again, though, that it just compounds the problem of too many too many Indians and not enough tents. It's not enough at bats to go around. We forgot that Tyler Freeman is like like actually performed well, and he just like disappeared. Also, he has, but unfortunately, I think him, Will Benson, and a couple others are the first off the island because they're the most lucrative in a trade deal. You know, Tyler Freeman's contact hit tool it, it's going to play to somebody, and they're going to. I, I thought he, I thought he, I thought he performed well, Zach. I did. He did. Um. So shout out Mikey for that. Thank you. Um. Nothing but love for you guys. Heck. All of the guys at Network 216, nothing but love for them. They were good to yes, us. Yes, great people. Yep, they do great work within their own content. Uh, so shout out to them. And finally, oh man, I forgot about this one. Oh, I've been avoiding this because it makes you really mad. And Quincy has tweeted a good bit about this in the last couple of days. How do you think the second half of the season plays out if JRAM has the surgery and is shut down? So, I, this is just gut wrenching because, like, we it's all a really saw, heavy topic. Like, I remember seeing that right after, like, the day after they lost. Oh, don't forget! So we can throw Jimenez in there too because Jimenez was playing with a non-displaced yeah, fracture. R- Ramirez was, you know, it just we all knew he was hurt. Yeah, it was. We all, everyone knew it. And we all knew he plays through injuries. Remember Meisel told us that, Zach? Yep. And it just, it made me sad. And don't get I me wrong, th- Jose was still very good. I was still recovering from drinking after the Guardians got eliminated. So <laughs> and he saw still, that. And I saw that. And it just, it was just cringy reading that. Now, Zach. Jose Ramirez second half of the season was not that great. He still it was, added 260. Uh, it was above average. It was above average. It's but just the before and after numbers are pretty do you telling. I think this team can squeeze into a wild card if without Jose Ramirez playing. Do you? I don't know. Look at Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper was out. He got hurt in early June and didn't come back until late August. Because the second half of the season was literally Quan Rosario. Ramirez got got a lot of RBIs, obviously, but I think they get in the wild card. I do. I really do. I think it's possible. Quan and Mike Rosario were had were like top five in hits in like in all baseball in the second half of the season. They were. I think I... it's hot. 
Look, now, should he have gotten the surgery? I don't know. The Jose thing that plays? I worry about more is, does it set a precedent for our young guys that, you know, they need to grind through injuries? I think that's a really, really tough kind of mantra to set. Now, I the other side of me also says, Jose's the heartbeat of the team. You have yes. that straight from the sugar cane and Zach Mizell himself. Telling He's us just a leader, just a warrior. Is, you know, warrior. if if you remove him from the lineup, you know, obviously you can still have him around the clubhouse. You can have him in the dugout. But does that is that different than, you know, him being in the lineup every day? Well, oh, let me ask you this. Let's say if he does have the surgery, who gets the everyday bats a third? Is it Arias? Maybe Nolan Jones? Plays I think third? it's probably a platoon of... Arius is, is it Ernie Freeman. Clement for a month until we all like? You oh, know, Clem was bang, still with the team at the time. Bang our so heads in the wall until we had DFM. I think uh, I think the Arius call up would have been inevitable because how's yeah, he yeah, going yeah. on the aisle? Probably Arius, yeah. Um, I, but do you, you would have seen? You would maybe seen, they don't win the division, Zach. But I think they sneak into a wild card if Jose gets the surgery. I do. I I do too, and you have a healthy Jose for the postseason. And we're seeing what that looks like with Harper coming back. You know, Harper's still not playing the field. He's DHing, but he is swinging a very healthy bat and helping the Phillies have a very successful postseason. I'm 50-50 on this. It could go either way. The team could have imploded. Uh, two outs, two outs, top of the ninth, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Boy, this is the guy you want at the plate, but it's also versus one of the best closers in the game. Mm. So I, I I mix feelings on this. The the person that believes in the welfare of athletes in me says, yeah, get the surgery, get healthy. But we have no idea. Oh, that was nasty. Holy. What Ryan a, Presley slider? is unreal, dude. That nasty slider. 89 slider. slider. Bottom of the zone. Gross. Um, guys, I'm going to have a mini parade when the Yankees lose here in a second, when judge strikes out because the, the crying on Twitter is going to be unreal, but it'll be a nice send off to, yes. for next week. You could go either way on the hosey thing, but you also have to realize there is a very good chance that the team could have imploded. Like it's true. there's is is a true. very good chance with that. We and hosey was the one that chose to play. We, have to respect we, that to a point too. Start spreading the news. The Yankees lose. <laughs> Somebody get me the audio clip of Big Poppy doing that. I'm going to throw that in here when I edit this together. A sweep, baby. Oh, right back to Presley, dude. A sweep. All right, Astros Phillies World Series. It's on. <laughs> New York getting swept in four is just so poetic for all the bitching they did during the ALDS. A sweep. Woo! We're gonna derail from the question a little yes! bit. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's. I choke on my wife. Shit. All right. Um, so we need to start wrapping this up. So you you do have to respect a player's want to play, right? So because he was yeah. told that the risk of further injury was none. Now I think if the injury had been in a spot where potentially playing further could have made it worse, yeah, at that point you probably get the surgery. Um, you know, you want to protect your franchise third baseman, just got offered a contract. You're not punting on the season at that point. But 
who's to say what would have happened right. you know, if Hosey got that? It's so, like Chuck said, there's a very good chance we could have seen Ernie Clement for a month. Yeah. So, again, as I said before, Quan and, and Rosario were played out of their minds. And maybe they sneak into wild card, but also, what is that? That lineup becomes a, a huge hole without Jose Ramirez for two months. Yep. And maybe Rosario and Quan don't see the pitches they, they usually get. And maybe not having Ramirez in the lineup just completely falls apart. The whole team falls off a cliff. So, you never know. You really don't know what would have happened. He's just a warrior, bottom he line. He is. And, you know, you have to trust that front office leadership and Tito are going to guide guys with medical staff in the right direction towards what's best for them uh, and their futures. And I think Tito really does care about his players. I know for a fact the Guardians have some of the best medical staff and access to additional medical staff, some of the best in the world at the Cleveland Clinic. So just got to trust them. It was Hosey's decision. At the end of the day, I respect it, but it does leave me wondering a little bit what that would have looked like if that was the case. It's hard to say. But, you know, he still batted 262 after the injury. That's not terrible. It's not the 300 he was hitting. If he's healthy all season, there's a good chance he could have batted 300 with a 1.1 OPS for the entire year. He was on pace to hit 45 homers. Um, but his swing was definitely a little choppy, and we saw some awkward swings where he was letting go of the bat at times. It was, it was pretty obvious. So that's it. Um, so going forward, uh, starting next week... Uh, we're going to record an episode next week. We're going to be going to an every other week format um, because I am headed off to do some formal training. I'm going to (laughs) be rotting away in Western Oklahoma in the winter time. That's going to be fun. So we're going to be going to an every other week format. That's going to lighten my workload and it's going to let me focus on my job academics, which will be my top priority. Uh, and we got a fun off-season plan for you guys. Like I said, I, we have a I, banger interview. I gotta. I, I'm lining them up. I, yeah. I'm in charge of the off-season plan. I'm that's that's what Chuck does, man. Chuck uh, Chuck is the magician when it comes to I'm asking really, people very nicely. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes. But Zach, maybe Zach, maybe we'll release who we're interviewing later in the week. Yep. Maybe, but it's a really big. Uh, it's a. It, it's really you know special. Uh, you know the stuff we do here it is well we laughing at one of the one of the red Sox podcasters that i follow just quote tweeted the new york yankees the yanks put out a tweet that said final astro six yankees five they didn't even put out a graphic she quote tweeted it with a video it said roll the highlight reel of the yankees season and it's just ha 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 in text over and over and over again for like a minute I'm just happy they got swept. That's just awesome. Uh, it's poetic justice, man. Don't don't be. Uh, you know what? Go be insufferable to Yankees fans. They they were yeah. pretty terrible to us. So go troll them a bit. Don't get yeah. blocked. Don't get don't get banned on Twitter. Don't do anything stupid. Don't go wishing cancer on anybody like some Guardians fans did versus the Yankees series. That behavior is not acceptable. But trolling, healthy trolling, will allow that here. So I'll I got, wrap this out. I got out. suspended because. You did get suspended. I forgot about that. It was my first ever suspension on Twitter. I didn't die because I said, if Rob Manfred screws up Shane Bieber's start, I will throw a brick through his window. <laughs> it was totally, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a learning moment for me. It was a, it was a learning, it was a coaching moment for me. 
Hey, uh, we've all been suspended on Twitter, man. It happens. I've been in Twitter jail <laughs> I more. Like, I, I couldn't believe somebody somebody reported me for that. I've been in Twitter jail more times than I can count. I will wrap us out tonight. Um, guys, this yeah. was a fun season. I look thank back you. on. Yes. yes. And thank you so much for the questions, guys. We love it. And, yes. and thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for um, listening. Most importantly, a, a fair amount of you enjoy listening to Chuck and I talk and I am forever grateful for that because it wouldn't be worth it if we didn't have you guys listening to us and interacting with us. I'm a firm believer that we have the best fan community uh, in Guardians baseball land and guess what guys? The ceiling is, the the stars are bright. The ceiling is high and it's only going to get higher. So it's going to be a long off season. We'll have some stuff to hold you guys over. I'm going to try to get Zach Mizell back on here as we get a little closer to spring training. Uh, to kind of do like a season and spring training preview. Uh, he was very adamant on the fact that he would be open to coming back and joining us. So I will try to line that up for a little bit closer. I will say this in advance, uh, probably at the start of next season, this is a long way away. Uh, I may have to take an extended break uh, at the beginning of the season because I'm going to be moving. Um I'm going to be moving to Florida. I have to come back from Oklahoma. I have to move all my stuff. My wife, my daughter, our two dogs and get situated with housing down in Florida. And currently I have no idea what that looks like. So holy uh, shit, you have two dogs. Yep. Two dogs, a baby and a wife. It's going to be hectic. So there'll probably be a period at the beginning of next season. I'm getting anxiety just like listening to moving with all that. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. We got a plan, but it, it's going to be rough. So, but, but uh, that, that's as far a as off season is concerned, you, know, you never oh, yeah. know what's going to happen happen by next year. You know? Oh yeah, and as far as the off season is concerned, we'll we'll take care of you guys. Yeah. Um. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere yet. We got and an episode be, for you guys next week. And be sure to tune in for next week's. Uh, yes, episode. it's going to be a banger. Yes. All right. So I'm Zach. That's Chuck. Thank yes. you guys for listening. We out. Yankees are swept. God, they suck. So there you guys go. Uh, So if any of you ever wondered if I script these conversations, no, I don't. I just sit down and talk ball with Chuck. And I'm thankful that I have a partner that I can do that with. Probably some of the most natural conversation I've ever had. And thank you to all of you guys that sent us questions. They were all deep and thoughtful a lot of really pressing thoughts on everybody's mind as the season comes to an end but you know what it's over but it's like the old expression goes you know don't don't frown because it's over smile because it happened and i know that's cliche and you can think it's kind of cringy but it's the truth no matter how far removed i get from this season i just look back at so many memories that this team gave us And like I said, when I started this podcast, the team was not in a good spot. Just gotten swept by the Angels in four games. Fran Mill was in the middle of what was his first slump where he was just absolutely awful. But it has been a ride. And we got some off-season content planned for you guys. Like Chuck said, we have a mystery guest uh, for you guys. It is a player in the Guardians organization next week. He is a prospect. I can give away the position. I'll narrow it down too much, but I'll drop some hints on Twitter for the rest of the goes. If you guys want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at at the corner pod. You can find Chuck at Chuck six, three, six, one, eight, nine, one, zero. And you can find me Zach at Zach knows ball two, one, six. Yeah, that's it. See you guys later.